Welcome to the new revolution in fitness and performance, the Ardella Training Podcast, forging athletic bodies around the world. Here's your host, physical therapist and strength coach, Scott Ardella. Hey guys, if you're looking for top-level strength and conditioning equipment and gear, my primary resource is Rogue Fitness. Rogue has exceptional quality kettlebells, bars, plates, sleds, conditioning equipment, home gym racks, apparel, and everything you need to train strong and get results. I've been recommending the kettlebells for a long time, but all the equipment and gear is top-notch. So if you're looking to add equipment or start building your home gym, Rogue is the place to go. Go to ardellotraining.com slash rogue and check out all the great equipment, accessories, and apparel. Again, that's ardellotraining, R-D-E-L-L-A, training.com slash rogue, R-O-G-U-E. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 139. Thank you for joining me this week. And in this week's session, I have a great interview with Coach Ron McKeefrey. Coach Ron McKeefrey is the author of a brand new book titled CEO Strength Coach. And he's got a tremendous background in strength and conditioning. I'll tell you more about Coach McKeefrey in just a minute. Before we kick things off, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to listeners Matthew Jascott, Sean Powell, and Danielle Eaton. These are some of the listeners that tune in here each week. And I just want to thank you for being part of the journey here. Again, I want to always take time out each week and show my appreciation to you, the listener, for tuning into the show. There's a lot of podcasts out there. You have a lot of opportunities to learn and listen to great people. And I appreciate you being here this week and tuning in to this show. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Also, if you could please take a minute and drop in a quick review in iTunes or Stitcher, that would be really great and really appreciated. Each review really helps to grow the show. It helps the show to be found in iTunes, and it's so easy to drop in a quick five-star review. So if you like the show, if you like what I'm doing here, if you like the value that you get out of the show, please take a minute and drop in a quick five-star review. It would really, really help. And um, I'm really excited about So many great things that are going to be coming here on the Ardella Training Podcast in the future. And starting with this episode right here today. So we're going to get started and uh, dive into the interview with Coach Ron McKeefrey. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we get into the show. He is also a podcaster. He is now an author. He is a nationally recognized leader in the area of sports development. He is a sought-after industry speaker. He has lectured for the National Strength and Conditioning Association. In 2013, Coach McKeefrey was honored as a Master Strength and Conditioning Coach, and he has worked with such professional organizations as the Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Royals, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Currently, he is the Director of the Strength and Conditioning Program at Eastern Michigan University. So this is a really educational, insightful interview, and I can tell you that 
I really enjoyed this interview with Coach Ron McKeefrey. I think he's a really authentic, really genuine guy and really willing to share some great information and share his learnings and his journey as a strength coach and as an entrepreneur as well. So I think there's a lot of great insights in here for all of us. Some of the things that we talked about in this show, and these are just a couple of things, but he talked about his principle-based approach as a strength coach. He shared the three things that we have to become to be successful. And I believe these three things are things that apply no matter where we are to be better and to better ourselves. And then he talks about, of course, the new book, CEO Strength Coach, and why this book is anything but typical. So with that, guys, let's get right to it. Let's get to the interview session with Coach Ron McKeefrey, and then I'll come back at the end and wrap things up for this week's show. So enjoy the session with Coach Ron McKeefrey. All right, guys, nationally recognized leader in the area of sports development, Coach Ron McKeefrey is here today, so let's jump right into the interview. Coach, for those that aren't familiar with you, can you tell listeners a little bit about your background? Well, Scott, I, I appreciate you having me on the show. It's, it's a great show and, and uh, quite an honor to be on. But uh, my, my journey is much like everybody else's, I would, I would imagine. You know, I, I was a self-made athlete. Um, you know, I came from, you know, a single-parent family, five kids, you know, not a whole lot of resources available. So, you know, got a late start in organized sports. You know, I started I started playing football in eighth grade and, and uh, was significantly behind everybody else. And uh, used the weight room uh, to to close the gap, and um, you know that, that took me into a college football scholarship, and uh, went to school to be a, a physical therapist, um, and uh, you know, or an orthopedic surgeon. Kind of was flirting with either one, and um, you know, found out I didn't like cutting on live people, and uh, I didn't necessarily like being in the in the clinic, you know. And uh, my last year of college. I uh, was introduced to strength and conditioning. We didn't have a strength coach at the small school that I went to. And, um, you know, I was introduced to it and, and knew I wanted to stay close to the game. The game had been such a, a big part of my life and, and uh, helped develop who I was as a, and created my identity. And I uh, knew I had to have that, that game in my life. And so I uh, went into strength and conditioning, uh, you know, uh, you know, did the internship thing and, and just went through all the steps and um, spent time with the Kansas City Royals, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, ended up being getting a great big break as a, as a young uh, 23-year-old head strength coach for NFL Europe. And I uh, went to Berlin, came back, spent 10 years at, at the University of South Florida down by you and um, and then, you know, from there, kind of bounced around, you know, the, the coaching journey, you know, the journeyman deal. I went and I was, you know, I was a head strength coach and, uh, for Army Special Operations. I uh, went to University of Tennessee and uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And now here at Eastern Michigan, reuniting with um, the, my college football coach who came in my senior year, was a 26-year-old first-time head football coach my senior year when I was a 21-year-old senior. And uh, we've been like brothers ever since. So trying to turn this program around and um, get it on the right track. But, you know, strength and conditioning has obviously been just interwoven uh, through my entire, um, you know, my, my professional life, of course, but, you know, really helped define who I was as a, as a man, more, more importantly. Right. That's a, that's a pretty amazing journey. I, I want to take a couple of steps back and go 
back to what you said in the beginning about how you use the weight room to close the gap. So maybe expand on that a little bit more. Well, sure. I mean, you know, when you, when you grow up, you know, and I I grew up in a single parent family with a mom, you know, and, and, you know, her, her work ethic uh, was off the charts. I mean, she had to, you know, to, to, to survive and to provide for our family. But, and so I had a great example of, of work ethic um, but you know, all the, you know, it's just like I tell our recruits now, every time, you know, they walk into the weight room, it's, it's a microcosm of life. Uh, you know, they, they walk in, they have a plan, they get hit in the face all of a sudden with, you know, being uncomfortable and, uh, having to experience, you know, you know, strain. And, and, and so, you know, they have to set those goals. They have to work to achieve them. They have to work as a team. They have to deal with success. They have to deal with failure. Um, you know, and all that happens within an hour training session, typically. And, uh, you know, what a, what a great breeding ground for, you know, what you're going to face in life. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I, I think, you know, by using the weight room to develop skills off the field uh, made me a better athlete on the field. When you started training yourself, and this is a question I like to ask, but where did you start? So did you start with, let's say, the power lifts or weightlifting, or what was your approach to strength in general when you started out? Well, you know, just like most places, um, most high school programs, especially, you know, 25 plus years ago, whatever it's been now, uh, you know, it was just, it was a football coach that was doing their best. I mean, I always talk about coaches that are well-intended, but sometimes misinformed, um, and, uh, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a pretty solid program. I mean, at least it was organized. And so most of what I experienced in high school and then in college was a, you know, traditional linear periodization model using the, you know, the, the typical core lifts, you know, and, you know, got into the Olympic lifts quite a bit in college. I, I had the opportunity. I grew up in Kansas city and, uh, Grew up around Tom Cross at Mid-American Nazarene and Istvan Javorik, who trained Dragomir, the two gold medals in, 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 in Romania, and, and so got exposed to the Olympic lifts and you know, competed a little bit in the Olympic lifts. And, uh, you know, that was kind of who I was. You know, that's what I had done. Um, when I got the internship and then, you know, kind of worked my way up through the ranks at Tampa Bay, I got exposed to uh, high-intensity training. And, uh, you know, and, and not just a single set to failure, but, you know, doing different overload protocols and, uh, you know, uh, balance of, of machine and, and free weight and, and things along those lines. And so it was a completely new eye-opening experience. I mean, here was an NFL team that, you know, we went to the NFC championship game and, um, and this was a completely different way of training, but had success. And so it taught me an important lesson. Uh, to, to be a principle-based strength coach, not a philosophy-based strength coach. I mean, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, you know, and, and, and get results, especially when you're dealing with, you know, a younger population or, or, or you know, 18 to 21-year-old athletes. And, the, the, you know, the questions become, you know, basically, you know, what what's the most efficient way to develop strength? And then what is the safest way to develop uh, an athlete? And, um, uh, and so by becoming principle-based, I can walk in and have a conversation with, you know, Kelly Starrett and, and, you know, with mobility. And I can talk to a CrossFitter or I can talk to Louis Simmons with powerlifting or I can talk to uh, Cal Deeds with triphasic or Joe Ken with, 
um, tier system and we can find common ground. Right. Um, and, and how we, we train athletes and, uh, and I can keep an open mind without being, uh, without, you know, being closed minded and become better. Yes. And, uh, and so that's what I've really tried to do in my own programming. And, and then obviously with the, with, uh, our athletes is just be as eclectic as I can possibly be, but be rooted in principles. Yeah. That's an excellent example. Uh, and, and different from what I've heard. I wonder if you can give an example of a specific principle by, so what, what is a principle that would be common among all of the people that you just mentioned? Well, uh, you know, I have 10 principles I kind of live by, but you know, in in the weight room, but I mean, the fundamental one is overload, you know? And so, you know, for there to be a neuromuscular adaptation, you have to stress the body past its present capacity. I mean, that's, that's science. That's not, you know, you can't dispute that. So the, the method in which you go about creating overload and the method I go about creating overload sometimes may differ, but we're both trying to accomplish the same thing. And, and so, you know, everything kind of goes back to that. If, you know, if I see it, you know, for example, when, um, battle ropes really kind of became come, came back in as a kind of a craze. It's, it was great. It's a cool exercise. It's dynamic. It's, you know, it's really, a um, you know, is really neat, but I wanted to make sure that I just didn't throw an exercise in our program without understanding it completely. So the very first question I asked myself was how can I overload this? You know, you know, can I, can I increase the weight of the rope? Can I, do I increase the, 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 the amount of time that we do the exercise? You know, what are the different types of exercises? There's some sort of progression there. And, um, you know, and so, you know, when I evaluate a program or when I write a program, I always come back to those 10 principles, which, you know, first one's overload, the second one's progression. So not just can I overload, but now how do I progress from there? Third one is, um, you know, perfect technique, making sure that we're doing it the exact way that we say we're doing it. Um, balanced development, making sure, you know, I tell our athletes that, Every time they cross the sideline, they, they expose their entire body to injury. And so we have to train the entire body, not just what they see in the mirror, not just what they like to do and have success with, but they have to develop the entire body. Um, you know, pr- uh, b- principle reversibility, you know, which is, you know, training every 72 hours or you, or you start to have a, a detraining effect. So, you know, a common thing is, you know, we're playing Alabama this week and we're playing LSU next week, you know, and the coach comes down and says, okay, well, you know, instead of training three times this week, you know, what if we trained only once and we made them feel good and it had a psychological boost, you know? Uh, well, I mean, over time we start to have that detraining effect. And when we're going into our championship season, uh, we're at our weakest when we want to be at our strongest. Um, you know, other principles would be, you know, just having periodization, have a plan, you know, making sure that we're supervising what we're doing, you know, and, um, you know, and then making sure that the, 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 the exercise and the program that we write are specific to the population we're working with. And then, you know, we're evaluating that, making sure that what we say we're doing, we're doing. And, uh, and probably the, the, the one that I live by the most, and I think where I'm probably most well-known in, in, in our, you know, in the, in the strength coaching community is, is the variety. I, you know, I mean, just, just yesterday, you know, well, not yesterday, I guess Sunday, um, you know, it was a beautiful day, you know? And so we, we basically moved the weight room outside and trained on the turf, you know, and, and it wasn't something that was, 
you know, planned or we, we sat back way back when, when we designed our in-season program. But, you know, it was just something that, you know what, from a psychological standpoint, from a, you know, we were still able to get a, a you know, a great workout from a physiological standpoint. But by changing it up, it wasn't our athletes walking in the weight room saying, oh, man, we got to do this again. It was, oh, man, this is cool. Let's, let's, let's go have some fun training today. That is awesome. I'm so glad you shared uh, about the principles. And um, I have your book here, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. The new book is CEO Strength Coach, and I definitely want to ask you all about that book. As you were talking about the principles, I went and checked, and all the principles are covered in the book, which is absolutely fantastic. And just going back to the first principle, overload, I mean, that's just, again, this is a principle. This is something that is so fundamental. And if we miss that principle, I mean, you know, we're in trouble with programming. So I, I, so I love that approach, you know, just, you know, the commonality of having sound fundamental principles for, um, for the athlete. So. Good. Yeah, I could agree more. Yep. So you've been called the master when it comes to building strength and conditioning programs. You've been called a coach's coach. What would you say, what defines you as a strength coach? What do you consider your greatest strength? Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously that's, you know, those are big claims <laughs> and I appreciate those, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think what, I think where I'm unique to some degree is, uh, without being, you know, until the book, until I was forced to actually verbalize um, kind of my approach, I, I, you know, it really is, I, I, I don't just stay in, a, in what I call a technician phase. I mean, there was a, there was a great business book called E-Myth Revisited um, that I read several years ago, and it really sparked, you know, my book, but also, you know, has allowed me to kind of verbalize what I've always done. And um, really, that's kind of, you, you know, to be a success in anything, whether that's, you know, you're a plumber, whether or not you're, you know, a strength coach or, you know, whatever, you have to be, you know, you have to be three things. You have to be great at three things. The first thing is being a great technician, you know, and so in that E-Myth Revisited, they used the example of a plumber, you know, you, you know, you, you like to, you know, work with your hands, you like to learn about plumbing, you know, so you go to tech school you know everything that there is about plumbing and you become the best technician there is. And so, you know, most physical, you know, most physical therapists, strength coaches, personal trainers, sports performance coaches, that's what they do. They love training. So what they do is that, you know, because they love training, they all of a sudden they start getting asked about it. So they like teaching people, you know, about training and everything they research is training. And, um, and you know, that's a, that's great. Cause that's our passion. That's what, that's what we love to do. But if you're going to advance at all, then you have to become a great manager. You know, you have to manage time. You have to manage people. You have to manage resources. And, um, you know, and that's where a lot of people fail because when you went to college, you, you went to college for your exercise phys or you went kines or physical therapy or whatever, there wasn't a whole lot of management classes in there, you know. And, you know, even in management classes, you know as well as I do that book knowledge only goes so far, you know. And so – interacting with people really becomes a deal. And, uh, and then lastly, you have to, you have to be a, a, a great entrepreneur. You have to be forward thinking. You have to constantly be sharpening the sword. You have to be like we talked about before we, we, we press play here. Um, you know, you have to constantly, you know, reading books and, and listening to podcasts and talking to coaches and, and challenging yourself, you know, and I've always approached all three of those areas equally 
and challenging myself to get better. And I'm far from a finished product, but at the same time, I, I, I work diligently at it. So one of the questions I had for you was, what makes a coach a great coach? And I think you really just answered it with those three things. So it's becoming a technician, a manager, and an entrepreneur. Yeah, that, and I would add, you know, um, something that I constantly use with our athletes is, you know, you spell, you spell love, T-I-M-E, you know, and so that what you love, you, you find time for. And that was something I stole from a, our uh, team chaplain at, at South Florida. But, um, I, you know, I really, truly care both about developing coaches, developing the profession that we're in, and, um, and, and then mostly about developing young men and women for, you know, uh, and using, you know, the weight room, using the game to do what, what had, uh, what it did done for me. How do you get better as a coach today? What, what are the things that you do to always improve yourself? Well, I, you know, I, I do a podcast much like, uh, yours, you know, it's called Iron Game Shock Talk and, and, you know, I, you know, I constantly talk to coaches. I try to, you know, I try to put myself in to be the dumbest person in the room <laughs> right. and, um, you know, and, and challenge myself that way. So, you know, just reaching out to coaches, um, you know, I, I try to speak as much as I can. So that way I get to go listen to other people talk. Um, you know, I read, uh, just like you, uh, you know, I read quite a bit. So, you know, I, I, I kind of have a three week rotation of books that I read and, um, you know, one being kind of, you know, first week being kind of a strength and conditioning sports performance book, second week being a um, leadership, entrepreneurial, you know, business type book. And then the third week, you know, working on, you know, becoming a better husband and becoming a better father and, and uh, you know, reading about uh, reading on family. And um, and then just, you know, I surround myself with great people. You know, I have a great staff. Um, that, you know, challenges me each, each and every day. Coach, let me ask you, were you always a reader or is this something that you had to develop over time? I totally had to develop <laughs> it. Um, totally. And, uh, you know, I, and again, I, I think you know, I did enough in, in junior high and in high school to stay eligible. Um, in college, I really kind of turned the corner from an academic standpoint and, and realized that, you know, I mean, to be a success long after football, you had to have a strong degree and, um, really, you know, and really buckled down. So I really buckled down in college and, and worked hard, um, but didn't read a whole lot just because I was focused, you know, on, on, uh, the schoolwork, but then really, uh, you know, after, you know, in, once I got into my career, um, that's when I really challenged myself because I, you know, I wanted to be great. I mean, that's the bottom line. I wanted to be the best. And, um, I'm, you know, so I asked, um, coaches what made them different and what they did to become the best at the, you know, the ones that I respected and, um, reading, speaking, developing coaches, you know, those were the, the three most common responses. And so, you know, I, I, I went crazy, but I talk about in the book, um, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that I would do while I was at South Florida is it, you know, my wife, to try to come home in a, in a good mindset. Cause you know, as well as I do, it can be frustrating each and every day dealing with some of these knuckleheads. Um, <laughs> I would stop off at the bookstore just to cool off, you know, so I wouldn't go home in, in what my wife called coach mode. And, um, and so I, you know, I'd just be walking through the book, you know, the bookstore constantly and, you know, I'd see something and I'd pick it up and that's kind of, you know, that, that kind of fed my, my passion for reading now.
Yeah. Yeah. The bookstore is literally one of my favorite places to go. <laughs> I mean, it's just because yeah. I'm always finding a new book, a new topic, and uh, it's just an amazing, uh, amazing place, really. Absolutely. Let me ask you, what, what do you say to people who say that, you know, I don't have time to read? So I'm a huge advocate of reading, as we talked about before we started the interview here. And, and I'm always suggesting in the show and the podcast, you know, strategies for reading. But w- what do you say to people who say, I'm just too busy, I don't have time to read? Well, I think it's, it's, it's just like with your training. You meet people where they are, you know. And so for, for some people, you know, it's they, – they, maybe it's not – you know, maybe they're just not a very strong reader, you know. And so when I say I read a book a week, that, that could be I listen to an audio book on my way into working out. That could be that I listen, you know, I listen to one while I'm working out. It could be um, a short ebook that I picked up and, you know, maybe, maybe 50, 60 pages. Um, you know, I mean, you define what, what reading is to you. And, um, but the, the big thing I think is consuming information. But, you know, I, I would, it, you know, it's, just, it's the same thing. I mean, it's, it's the same thing I said as far as dealing with your athletes and what you love, you'll spend time, you know, time on. And uh, we all have time, whether that, you know, you've given up your reality TV watching or your Facebook surfing or, um, you know, whatever it may be, you can find time and, uh, and you define that schedule, you know, so um, literally, you know, some mornings it's, you know, I, I spend 10 minutes and I, I read as much as I can in 10 minutes and that's what I got done that, that day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, that's great. I mean, that's exactly what I recommend is kind of the 10 minute strategy is, uh, so people that say that they're really, really busy is to carve out just 10 minutes each day. I mean, we all have at least 10 minutes. And the great thing about 10 minutes is that usually ends up being a lot longer. I know that that happens with me a lot, you know, so at the end of the day, you know, I haven't read yet and I know that I'm going to commit to my 10 minutes. I sit down and that 10 minutes is always 30 to 60 minutes. So that's the great thing about that 10 minute strategy. I think, you know, just to add to that too, is, is, um, you know, our population, I mean, you know, physical therapists, strength coaches, personal trainers, you know, on and on and on. I mean, we're pretty competitive people. Um, and so challenging yourself, you know, Hey, I'm going to read five books this year, or I'm going to read 12 books this year. I'm going to read 52 books this year. You know, once you put the goal down on paper, we're usually a pretty motivated population to where, Yes. Once you set a goal, you'll go after it and you'll find a way to get it done. And, uh, and so that, that worked for me as well. Coach, what's been your biggest breakthrough in your career as a coach? I think professionally it was, you know, becoming the head strength coach at South Florida um, because it allowed me to grow with a place that was growing kind of at the same pace. You know, I was a young strength coach making tons of mistakes. Um, and, um, you know, it was a young program. And so those mistakes, you know, when I was at Tennessee, I make a big mistake. It's, it's, you know, it, uh, it's a headline on ESPN one or at South Florida in the early years, it made a mistake, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't big news, you know, and so you can kind of get through it. Um, I think just an overall kind of my life, um, what I've tried to do is I've tried to accelerate my learning curve. And, and so I would, constantly reach out to people, talk to people that have walked down the path that I'm walking and find out where they got tripped up and try to avoid those landmines. And, um, I, I, you know, I think that's kind of by not making, by learning from other people's mistakes, it's allowed me to make fewer. And then when, when I do make mistakes, I make them one time typically. 
Right. So I think what you're saying is, well, really what you're supporting is the importance of having a mentor, having someone that you can learn from to accelerate your learning. Absolutely. And and multiple, you know, um, you're trying to try to reach out to as many people and different and get different strategies and different um, ways about navigating things because, you know, it's, you know, everybody's a little bit different, you know, and I'm always agree with what maybe you, you know, you, you, your approach or you don't agree with my approach, but you know, I can formulate a good opinion um, or a good position if I'm getting lots of input from several different sources. Right. It all goes back to really having a clear understanding of the rationale. And, uh, you know, if you have a, a clear methodology and you believe in that methodology, it really can't be wrong. You know what I mean? So, you know, different coaches have different takes on things and different understandings, and that's fine. But it, as long as you have the solid uh, understanding behind it, then it, it really can't be wrong. No question. Yeah. Question. Who are the, uh, the coaches or the mentors that you look up to the most? Who's had the greatest impact on your, your career? Well, my, you know, I was very fortunate to have early mentors. Um, and, and although I was, you know, I got an opportunity to be a head strength coach at 22 years old in NFL Europe. I mean, I, you know, it was hard, you know, that's one of the things that's been a challenge in my own professional career is that, you know, outside of that, outside of that, uh, you know, from 22 on, I've had one year where I wasn't the head strength coach. And so, you know, designing, leading all that, it was rough, you know, um, to have that, that mentor, like you say. Um, but I think, you know, I, what I constantly did was reach out and, uh, you know, so my early mentors were, you know, Tim Maxey, he's the head, he's the, the professional baseball um, liaison, um, you know, strength and conditioning liaison. And now he was the head strength coach for the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Mark Asanovich was, was instrumental. Uh, he's the head strength coach at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. was instrumental in making me open my mind to lots of different ways of seeing things. Uh, Ken Manny, Mickey Marotti, Tommy Moffitt, you know, um, they're all strength coaches at major programs, LSU, Ohio State, and, and Michigan State. Um, I've been guys that have been in it for a long time that, that I looked up to, to say, this is the way that it should be done. And, uh, and then the countless, you know, I would, you know, I, I try to learn from anybody and everybody. And, um, you know, I always feel like you can walk away from each person that you interact with, with learning something, either, you know, supporting what you're, you know, what you're doing, um, introducing you to a new concept or supporting why you don't do something. Awesome. Well, let me ask you one follow-up question, and then I want to ask you about your new book. I want to hear about the new book, CEO Strength Coach. But so talking about mentors, what advice do you have for young strength coaches, young trainers out there that are looking for, for mentors and they're having difficulty? What, what's the easiest way or, the, or an effective way to find a good role model or mentor or someone that can really help to accelerate that learning curve? In the, in the strength and conditioning world, it's it's you know the the internship process is is really the the introduction for the most part, and uh, you know and so finding not just a place that will take you, but finding people that have invested and had a track record for de- developing coaches, I think is is important. But you know, it, I, I would say that as a young coach, what happens typically 
is you look to the, you know, whoever the, you know, the, the top strength coach is or the, the person that's, you know, on, you know, all the websites or doing all the podcasts or speaking at all the clinics or whatever it may be. And, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, uh, you know, those people's days are, are extremely, extremely tight. I mean, not only do they work a full-time job and then some, I mean, you know, college strength and conditioning, pro strength and conditioning, you know, it's an 80 hour a week job. Um, but then they're doing you know, other stuff as well. You know, where I, I would say that my advice would be to, to reach out to, you know, uh, younger strength coaches, maybe one position removed and really, you know, learn from them and really, uh, you know, you're going to have more access, uh, to those, to those coaches, uh, and, and, and they're, and they're going to be a lot more willing to mentor you, uh, in a, in a, in a more, um, real way. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that, and I think, you know, like you, like you had mentioned earlier, really just consuming every ounce of information. I mean, I, you know, there's, there's people that are mentors of mine that I've never even met, but by listening to their mom podcast or reading their books or, um, you know, listening to them speak, it, it, they've really been instrumental in helping develop me as a coach. Yeah. You know, that's a really important point too, is, uh, kind of going back to, you know, reading books and podcasts and all that kind of things is the idea of having a, a virtual mentor. So maybe not someone that you're even working with directly, but you can still learn so much from listening to these shows and reading books and all those types of things. So just so many different avenues to, to learn in today's world. Um, it's really, really amazing. So many, so many different ways that we have available to us. Yeah, we're, I just had this, This, you know, I, we do a weekly meeting with our interns here and just had that conversation where, you know, although it's, it's, it's tougher to find a job now, um, you know, there's tons of competition. There's also a lot more opportunity with the Internet and with social media and all these things to be able to connect with coaches from around the world. I mean, the world's shrinking, let alone um, just, uh, you know, these college pro strength coaches, things along those lines. So definitely tapping into that and, and using that. And, and, and if I can add one more thing, I think, you know, don't, don't put your hand out right away. You know, don't, don't say, give me, give me, give me, you know, provide value. You know um, you know, I'm constantly, you know, like, like you constantly looking for great information. So if, if you're throwing a journey, I mean, but at the same time, I have a wife, four kids, you know, more than a full-time job, a business on the side, all those things. I don't have the time to research strength and conditioning, much like our young strength coaches. So if you can, if you can email me a great study or, you know, a, a cool video or something along those lines, well, you're, you're providing value to me, you know, and I, and I, and, I, and that in, in some, some ways when you provide value, you're indebted to that person to some degree. Yes. I'm a lot more likely to help you and, and, and um, and take the time if, if I'm constantly seeing your name, but you know, next to, providing, you know, resources. Right. All right. So let me ask you about the new book here. And the new book again is CEO strength coach. I literally just got this book. I, I really tried to read the books prior to the interviews here, but I did uh, skim through this book. It looks really fantastic. I'm excited to read it. Uh, it's been called an instant classic, a must have, and an extremely important read. The reviews have been awesome on Amazon. So tell us about the book. Well, 
I appreciate that. And, um, you know, it's, it really, it's been a passion project for sure. And, um, and like I said, it, it, it really stemmed from that, the book that I read, the E-Myth Revisited, um, that allowed me to kind of verbalize that. And so that's exactly what it is. It's, it's building out, tells you a little bit about my journey, kind of really deep dives into, um, the challenges and the struggles and, and, and things that I face. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's that, typical quote you know you know you're you're an overnight success you know and it's really 10 years in the making and uh, or multiple years in the making and um and so i really i I, you know i open up you know the kimono and and really talk about all the challenges i mean up up until you know all the way down to where my wife and i are we got eight bucks to live off of for the week you know and we're going to aldi's and and buying the dental cans and the whole deal Um, you know, and, and, um, and so really share kind of, you know, really deep dive into my journey. And then I build out those three areas, you know, the technician, how do you become a great technician, a great strength coach from a, uh, from a technical standpoint, being principle based, um, thing, you know, things along those lines, what you need to be a success, you know, what the education is that, that you need to be a success, Build out the manager part where we're talking about how to manage people. So interacting with athletes, interacting with administrators, interacting with fans and media and things along those lines. Um, managing money. Um, you know, that's a, that's a major piece, you know, in both in your own personal life and then professionally. And, um, you know, it, it just really focusing on all the aspects to, to be a successful manager and using stories from, from my past, both you know, successes and failures, um, to support that. And then lastly, I get into the entrepreneurial stage, which I think is, you know, it's really the area that most strength coaches never think of. I mean, I was totally, I was totally the guy that left my cell phone in my truck and thought, you know, Twitter was the stupidest thing in the world. If you would have told me you sent me a tweet, I would have punched you in your face, <laughs> you know? Um, but now seeing how you can use that to really not only, learn but to brand yourself and and um and uh all the power you know to meet athletes where they're at you know that's where they're they're interacting it's such a powerful tool that you know i wish somebody would have smacked me upside my head or sooner and um and so you know the book really centers around those three areas and and using stories that i've you know from my career and others to um to kind of provide a framework and, uh, at least, you know, have a conversation about it. And what I, what I like the most about it is it's a book that's not your typical X's and O's of strength and conditioning. And we talk a little bit about program design and things along those lines, but it's really, you know, these are the things that you need to do to have a sustained career, um, in this business, because it's one that'll swallow you up if you don't have a plan. Who, uh, who should read the book? Who would benefit the most from this book? I mean, obviously it's for strength coaches, but who else should check this book out? You know, it's, it's, I've, I've had so much, um, feedback from people that have read it and people in, in, in other professions that, um, that really, you know, that saying such great things, honestly, I think, again, it's, it's much like the E-Month Revisited book where, you know, I, I, that was a business book that, you know, I have, I have no intent to, to build and, and, uh, and a, bus- a business that's going to be able to be replicated and franchised and things along those lines. But I was able to take that and apply that to my own um, career and profession and make it something that had, a, you know, a profound impact on the way that I conduct my business. 
Um, so I think it's the same thing with this book. I think you, you definitely uh, have, there's definitely tools in there that are going to benefit anybody in any profession. I have interns that, you know, at this point in my career, there's 300 plus interns that have come through our program. You know, most of those aren't strength coaches anymore. You know, uh, you know, they've gone on into different careers and, and that's part of it. Um, but they tell me, I, you know, I get emails all the time about how by building out those three areas, it's benefited them in their pre- in their professional life. But to answer your question specifically, I think anybody that's interested in a career in strength and conditioning is it's a must. I think it's a must read that way. Um, and then obviously all the supporting professions, um, you know, physical therapists, uh, you know, uh, performance coaches, personal trainers. I definitely think there's going to be some gems in there that are going to benefit. It looks like the second half of the book is is really a lot about uh, being that manager and the entrepreneur. I guess what's your, what's your big thing that you hope that all readers can take away from the book? Well, I think it's that. I think it's most people, like I said, are they live in that technician stage, you know, and and um, and they purely focus on the skill set, you know, to, to design programs and things along those lines, and and so. You know, what happens in this world is, you know, you're, let's say you're a high-intensity strength coach and uh, a new coach comes in and says, you know, I, I don't believe in one set or, multi, you know, machine or whatever you want to say. Well, then you're out of a job, you know, and, and the thing that I hope that people take away, you know, ha- having been in a situation where, you know, we, we, you know I, we ended up getting fired at Tennessee, not because I did a bad job at the weight room. In fact, you know, the reviews there were all fantastic as well. You know, but because we lost football games, you know, and um, fortunately for me, I, you know, I had another year on my contract, but for some people, that's it. You know, that's, uh, you know, you're fired and all of a sudden you missed the, the job cycle um, and, uh, and, you, and, you, and you're, you've got a family that, that is struggling, you know, and, and my biggest fear, what I hope people take away is, is that um, you have to have, um, multiple streams of income. You have to have a plan. You have to, you know, you have to know um, how to navigate this business. And, and, and it's not if, it's when you're going you get, to, you get fired, how are you going to be prepared for that? Right, right. And, um, and so, you know, I have a friend that, that, you know, was an NFL head strength coach, you know, a year ago that's, that's roofing houses right now because he, you know, he missed a job cycle, Wow. you know, um, and didn't have a contract for another year. You know, and you're like, and this is one of the best strength coaches in the world. Yeah. You know, and so my hope is that, you know, the, the, the performance coach, strength coach, physical therapist, whoever reads the book, under, recognizes the fact that they might have been living just in the technical sta- stage and really start to develop as a manager, develop as a entrepreneur, have uh, a plan and understand that, you know, um, this is a business that will swallow you up if you allow it, you know, but if you, if you have that plan, then you're able, you're prepared for those times of lows. Um, cause it's a profession of highs and lows for sure that you're prepared for it and your family ultimately doesn't suffer. And that's, that is ultimately what I want people to take away is to, to make sure that their families are taken care of in those moments of, of low. So it sounds like the really big thing is to really think bigger and think bolder, especially beyond the technician phase. No question. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Awesome. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the book writing process for you. So how, how long did this take to write this book? And, and how did you do it? So you're extremely busy. How did you find the time to, to sit down and get this book done? Yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, it could be a whole show in itself. Really. <laughs> I it I, I, you know, the, yeah. the funny thing is, that I, and I'm, you know, I, I do a, a, you know, my podcast is both video and audio. Um, and the reason why I, I did that was because uh, I'm not a writer. I mean, I'm just not somebody that really, that sits down at a blank screen and can just type away. I'm, I, I kind of scrutinize every word. And it makes it a really tough process for me. And so that's why to provide content for my website, I did the, the video, you know, the video um, podcast. But uh, the process was this. I, you know, I, I, when Coach Creighton, who I work for now, came into our college, you know, when I was a senior, he read, read the story of John Goddard, who was a guy that at 15 years old uh, wrote these astronomical list of goals, you know, circumvent the net, the, the globe three times, climb Everest on and on and on. And he's done pretty much all of those goals and it motivated me. So I wrote a list of goals and, and one of those was write a book. And, uh, and we were coming back from taking our seniors to, to climb Pikes peak, uh, out in Colorado as part of senior leadership. And, um, you know, we we're talking about, you know, writing a book and it just, it just convicted me to do it. So fortunately, um, I, my wife and I, we, we have, um, my, my youngest daughter has autism. So long story short, she, my family's still in Knoxville. I'm up here. I have a little condo. Uh, it's just what we need to do right now for her to have all the resources for her autism. But, um, the condo above me flooded out. It had a pipe leak and it ended up flooding my, my condo and, and displaced me for five months. Um, ended up being stuck in a hotel for five months. And, and so I thought it was a good opportunity to, to try to write this book. So the, the process was I made a grid of, you know, uh, I wanted to write a 72,000 word book. Um, cause I, you know, I just took all the books on my bookshelf and I was seeing how many, the average book, uh, how many pages it was, which was like 270 pages. And that was 72,000 words about. And so I made a, a, a spreadsheet that had 300, you know, it had a, a box for every 300 words. My goal was to write 300 words a night, which is about a paragraph. Right. And, <laughs> um, and so it was as simple as that. And I'll tell you, at, at the beginning, it was everything I could do to get 300 words. Wow. Um, and so my original goal was to, for, to go from January, um, the, the third week of January, and it was going to take me until literally the start of this month to get that knocked out, just writing the book. Right. And uh, as I started going, that, that those competitive juices started flowing, and I wanted to knock off, I wanted to cross off as many of those 300 boxes as I could, 300-word boxes. And, uh, and I just started, you know, you know, 300 became 600, 600 became 1,200, and pretty soon I was writing 1,500 words a night. And it'd take me about an hour or so to do, but, you know, I'd kind of think about it through the day, think about it through my workout. And then that night I would just, I would just type away, you know? And, um, and then I, I, I got a program called Scrivener. Yes. Um, which is fantastic. And, uh, basically it allowed me just to kind of write in, in pieces and then put it all together and move it around. Um, and then uh, I went through the whole self-publishing process. I mean, I, I had some publishers that wanted to do it, but, um, you know, I, 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 
had zero goal of making this a moneymaker for me. That wasn't really my goal. It was really purely just to knock off a, a goal that I had set back when I was in college um, and to make my money back that I put into it. That was the only two goals I had. And, um, you know, but I didn't like the idea of people making money off of me, you know, and that's kind of what publishers end up doing. Right. right. So uh, I ended up going the self-publishing route. And so I had, a, you know, it was a, learn, a huge learning curve there, getting copywriter and editor and, um, you know, graphic designer and, and all those types of things. But I mean, I'll tell you what, it was really a, a fun process. You know, again, it, it challenged, it was challenging a different side of me. And, um, and then the results have been fantastic. I mean, I, I would have never, I mean, you, again, here's a guy that got mostly C's in high school and, you know, didn't read a book in college really. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I wrote a book that, it's it's been an international number one bestseller and Amazon um, in multiple countries. Well, that is fantastic, and congratulations! And uh, I know how hard it is to to write a book, and that's because I'm working on it myself right now, and it's been uh, really a painstaking process, to tell you the truth. But I'm I'm nearing the finish line here, and I just I really commend you for doing that because it's uh, it's incredibly hard. I mean, it really really is to sit oh, down and, and write a physical book. So. Very excited, again, to read it, and I really commend you for doing that. Oh, I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I have one last question here, and then we're going to get into a little rapid-fire segment, and then we're going to pull everything together here. So the, the question I wanted to ask you is, what are the three things or you know, five things, whatever it is, that you have to do every day to make it a successful day for you? What are your kind of daily success habits? Well, I think that, you know, my daily devotional is number one. Um, you gotta, you gotta train is number two, <laughs> right. uh, be, be healthy. Um, you know, I, I, ha- I have to talk to my kids every day. Um, you know, and, um, and just stay connected with them in a lot of different ways. And so sometimes, you know, reading that family book, sometimes that's reading whatever book that they're reading just so we can have a conversation. Right. Um, I think, you know, you know, one thing that I do every day is just visualization, you know, exercise. And it's just, you know, I look at myself in the mirror every morning. And I say, what am I going to do today to make it a, a great day? And then at the end of the day, I look myself back in the mirror and say, did I do that? You know, and just that, that self-accountability. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can't be accountable to yourself, then you got some big, big issues. Yeah. You know, so I, I'd say those are probably the, the main things, uh, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I think it's, it's, I would add just, you got, you got to stimulate yourself somehow, some way you got to challenge yourself. So whether that's listening to podcast or reading book or, um, whatever it's, it's growing as a, as a human. Yeah. And, and, um, and you know, just again, holding yourself accountable to that. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Wait, let me ask you when you do the, the visualization or how are you going to make it a great day? How many things do you typically uh, have to have each day for it to be a great day. So do you typically have like three most important things that you want to accomplish every day or would, would no, it's really, really, honestly, you know, and, and there's another, you know, um, good book, Robert Allen, getting things done. And, you know, it's, it's, there's a, basically there's a list that you create as your next action. Yes. And it's simple. It's, it's simplifying down to the, just the, as, as simple as you can make it to a, a specific task. And so honestly, I'll, it, it, most of the time it'll be one specific task that I need to accomplish, you know, and, and what that okay. does is it, it, it kind of gets, um, 
there was a, a, a Navy uh, admiral that spoke at, at Texas and, you know, his, you know, his daily task that he would do um, every day was make his bed, you know, and if he made his bed each and every day, that was a small win that in his mind would create to a bunch of other wins throughout the day. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, it's the same thing. I, I, it does, it's not making my bed. It's not my thing, but, um, <laughs> right. but for me, it's just, I usually find one task, usually the very first task on my next action list, um, that I make sure I knock off. And if I've knocked that off, chances are I've knocked off the 10 things behind it. Well, that's awesome. So I don't know if you've read the book, the one thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, great too. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I, I recommend that book probably more than any other book. I mean, it's just because it's all about focus and kind of the one thing that really matters and we can apply that to training, nutrition or anything, you know, so it's so, so important, that concept. Cool. All right. So we're going to move into the, uh, the rapid fire segment here. A couple of uh, quick questions um, off the top of your head. What's the, and I know we've talked a lot about books here already, but what's the one book that you recommend the most to others? Well, since I read it, the book that really, I mean, again, I was that guy that left the, car, the, the phone in the truck and no social media and everything. The, the book that changed that was The 4-Hour Workweek uh, with Tim Ferriss. And, uh, you know, I had no idea about batching or outsourcing or, you know, affiliate marketing or any of that stuff. Um, you know, I was just a guy that would sit, that was like, oh, yeah, there's a banner on the side. Oh, that's cool. Thanks for recommending that, you know, and I click on it. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I, I, that book right there kind of changed how I, you know, I really built out that entrepreneurial side of things. Um, you know, there's a book that I read recently that I instantly went to the top of my list. It's, it's called Legacy, um, uh, by James Kerwin. It's, it's a book about the all blacks rugby team in New Zealand and, uh, just a great leadership book. Um, and, uh, and then there's a, a, a book, um, for a family that is, um, you know, lead for God's sake is, is, is great. Um, th- those would be the, the, the three that I probably recommend the most. Question number two, what do you wish you knew 10 years ago that would have made a real difference in where you are today? The, the, uh, the value of social media, um, would, would be the, probably the biggest thing. Um, and, um, and then again, 10 years ago, I think, it, you know, I, I was living in a world where, you know, I mean, I was working for the guy that started the program that there was probably, you know, there's no way in a million years he would get fired or there would my job security would be in jeopardy. Um, and so just um, really learning kind of your, your personal finances and how to take advantage of things that maybe, you know, I mean, every year, I, you know, I, I sit my assistants down and we talk about, you know, our, our employee matching for um, retirement. You know, most most of those guys have no clue that the university will match dollars for retirement and they're not putting any. That's free money, you know. Um, and so little things like that, that, making sure that you're 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 really understanding your personal finance, you're prepared and, and you can eliminate the stress that often accompanies uh, those periods. And usually for, you know, unfortunately uh, for us in our environment, because we're so, you know, we, you have to be so headstrong and, 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 you know, passionate and all those types of things, that stress manifests itself, you know, in the family. And that's the worst pace that can go. Last question. What's the hardest part about writing your book was what? 
you know, the, the, uh, just learning the, the process. Um, that was the hardest part by far was, you know, writing the book itself. Once I sat down and had an outline and, and really just kind of started chipping away at the topics that, that was, it was, it was, it, that came off pretty easily, you know, from taking it from the rough draft to the completed product was the hardest. Yeah. And, uh, and only because it was unfamiliar, unfamiliar territory. I mean, if I did it now, it would be a breeze, but, but it was just unfamiliar at that time. But I, I would say the hardest part was just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. So two things, I totally agree. Getting started definitely. And then the process is huge and I'm still kind of figuring out that whole process right now. But, right. Uh, great stuff. Great, uh, great questions. Great answers there. So, uh, so people can find you online at uh, your website, which is ronmckeefery.com. I'll have a link for that in the show notes. Uh, where do you recommend people start there? I know you have a podcast as well. Are there any maybe uh, episodes that if someone hasn't heard your show, where would they start? Well, I, honestly, I think that's that's it. I mean, we're, usually the latest episode kind of leads you down that path. I, you know, I think reading the book, I mean, that's a shameless plug, I guess, but um, it really – that really introduces you to me in a, in a, in a real, real way, I think. And, um, you know, cause you get to see all my fleas. I mean, you get to, I mean, like I said, I open it up completely. Um, and, uh, so I'd, I'd say a combination of those two things, but I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty open now. I'm an open book, you know, at, you know, and I'd say it every time I speak, you know, strength coaches can, can say and do anything. Um, but until it's backed up, you know, it, it, it's just lip service. And so if there, anybody's ever in Ypsilanti, Ann Arbor, Detroit area, um, stop by and watch us train and watch us in action. And, and, uh, and I think that's the best way that you'll get a, a good understanding of how I'm able to integrate all those things that I'm talking about. Well, this has been a great interview. Lots of great stuff here. I know I actually took a lot of notes during this conversation. And so my final question is uh, always my favorite question to ask. And that is, what's the one thing that people can take away from the interview here today? My, my hope is that, you know, um, and this is what I've, I've started doing now with people that have reached out to me is, is simply, I want, you know, divide a piece of notebook paper up into three sections and, and write that one, the one thing that you're going to work at in each one of those three areas to, to become better. You know, so what are you going to do this week as a technician to get better? What are you going to do as a manager this week to get better? And what are you going to do as an entrepreneur and, and make it an actionable step? You know, so you can come back and, and at the end of the week or at the end of the day, you can say, I did that. Um, so hopefully that's, you know, they, they walk away with that. And, and, and then, the, you know, if I can add, well, I mean, what's one thing, but if I can add a second, just the, the, the value and the, and the power of family, um, is, is huge. And so if, 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 you know, hopefully the people listening are listening because they want to get better professionally, hopefully they're working just as hard at developing their family as they are professionally as a strength coach. I love that. And, you know, no matter where people are, no matter who's listening to the show, the advice that you just gave can be applied in any area. So even if people aren't a strength coach, you know, we can look at how can we better as a technician, a manager, and as an entrepreneur, and then certainly that family component that you mentioned. I mean, that applies to every single one of us. So that is great, great advice. Congratulations again on the book. 
I mean, what an unbelievable accomplishment. And I am super excited to, uh, to dive into this and share this with the audience here. So uh, thank you so much. This has been absolutely awesome. And uh, maybe we'll do this again down the line. Absolutely. And buddy, before we, we, we jump off here, um, thank you for what you're doing. I mean, I know how hard it is to put out a podcast and I mean, you're over a hundred, I think 130 plus episodes. And, um, I know the amount of work that goes into that. And so, um, the fact that you, um, are willing to, to sacrifice that time to, for everybody's benefit is, it says speaks volumes about your character and, and the way that you go about your business. So thanks so much for what you do. And, uh, and having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the interview session this week with Coach Ron McKeefrey. Again, I have the book, CEO Strength Coach, but I have to tell you, I haven't read it yet. So this book is on my uh, top list of or top books to read in the next couple of weeks. And I can tell you just from skimming through the book, it looks absolutely fantastic. So I don't have any problem at all in recommending the book. But I'll be happy to share my perspective uh, about the book. Maybe I'll take a couple minutes in the next couple of weeks after I read it and uh, give you my thoughts and more feedback about the book. But it looks really fantastic. I hope that you got value out of this week's episode because I thought that he shared great insight, great uh, lessons about things that he's learned as a strength coach and also as an entrepreneur. So, uh, guys, please, if you have suggestions or feedback or comments topics or guests that you want to hear on the Ardella Training Podcast, please be sure to let me know. Connect with me at ardellatraining.com. Shoot me an email. Connect with me through the website. Uh, contact me on the Facebook fan page. Whatever works for you. And I am listening. I'm taking feedback and I'm working on some great things. I have great interviews, again, that are already in the books that will be coming in the uh, upcoming weeks here on the show. And I think you're going to love what's coming. So thanks for listening this week. And I'll see you next week on the Ardella Training Podcast. That's a wrap, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Go to ardellatraining.com right now to join Scott's tribe of passionate fitness enthusiasts. Get valuable updates and resources that will help you take it to the next level. Train strong. We'll catch you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.